What's up, the Line Church? Welcome to our online library. We hope this message blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Be blessed and stay tuned. If you have your Bibles, grab them real quick. If you don't, kindly share with someone who does who does have a Bible, an updated Bible, not one that pages are falling apart. Um, if you have your Bibles, please flip your Bible open real quick. Um, to the book of Luke chapter 22 Luke chapter 22 um, before we jump right into it for those who are joining us today um, we have been on a series uh, today this is week two of our series we're calling what elephant room everybody say elephant room, elephant room. and um, last week we've been dealing with basically the point of this series is dealing with the root cause for every human condition right or human disease and uh, last week we spoke about worry, right? Why do we worry? We went to the base, that's the bottom line of everything, that we worry because we don't know, right? And the reason God does not always give us the details is because in the absence of knowledge, that's what knowing, uh, in fact, every step that you would take on the way, on this road of faith that we have uh, begun, the absence of those details is where God waters our faith, the seed of our faith. It's where God grows our faith, right? And uh, so if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know why you're here, if you don't know what you're doing here, it's fine. Because that's exactly what grows your faith. Amen. Your inability to know the details. Amen. And um, it will go on like this for the next couple of weeks. And I just want to move in to this, uh, our text for today. Amen. The word God has for us today. So Mark 20, sorry, Luke 22 We'll start from verse 39. Luke 22, verse, from verse 39. It says, um, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Verse 43, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Wow. Verse 45, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them what? Asleep. This is a, this, this key word, these words are key in my sermon title and my sermon today. He found them asleep exhausted from sorrow why are you sleeping he asked them get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation going back to verse 45 that's the key um, point of my sermon today when he rose from prayer and went back to, his, to the disciples he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow um, the sermon God laid in my heart today to make part two for this in this sermon series called elephant room there's nothing else than exhausted everybody say exhausted um holy spirit god we trust that you know why you brought us here you know what we are going through you know the storms we are facing and the battles we are privately fighting we ask god that you would come and show yourself strong 
and tell the winds that you are captain over the sea and tell the storm that you are the master over the sea and that nothing can trump or thwart that which you are started and that you are with us. We trust your Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Woo. If you have your notepads, whip them out real quick because I'm planning on dropping bars from now. Three, two, one. We begin. Amen. If you have your notepads, pull them out. If you don't, it's cool. Um, welcome everybody to church. Happy to see our faces, right? Thank you. God bless you guys. Um, I started this new series last Sunday called Elephant Room. And uh, I gave you the entire history. I won't go back to it. But I would love to start from somewhere. Because I promise I'll be saying this every Sunday. It's a quote I love the most. I, I love a lot, rather. Um, it's from Spanish painter or, or artist. Uh, it's actually French. Spent most of his life in Spain, anyway. And his quote was... This quote is from the Spanish painter called, uh, named Pablo Picasso, right? Very intelligent, brilliant uh, painter. He's, he's been gone for like 40 years now. But there's a quote he said, and I love it, and I want you to write this down. It says, action is the foundational key for all success. Action is the foundational key for all success. What does this mean? I should write that down anyway. Let's, let's all say that. Let's all say it after. So repeat after me. Everybody say action, action. is the foundational key for all success. Again, say action, action. is the foundational key for all success. Um, listen, it's one thing to come to church with notepads and notes and write notes, which I really encourage um, in church on Sundays or whatever. But I've learned that, I mean, because that's a way of gathering knowledge, right? That's a way of gathering knowledge and knowing more. But, you know, we live in a world where everybody now, know, everybody now knows more than, to be honest, they should. Everybody now knows more. We live in the most, in terms of uh, knowledge, technologically advanced uh, generation or century this world has ever seen. I mean, I'm guessing um, back then, like 300 years ago, there was nothing like anesthesia. Anesthesia, right? What they apply so, so, so you don't feel pain while the doctor is pulling out your tooth. There's nothing like, there was nothing like that 300 years ago. So I'm imagining them putting a plier in their tooth and just moving it, and then the person has to cry from the beginning to the end, right? When they're performing surgeries, there were no anesthesias, and so there was nothing to, like, you know, like morphine, so they help the, the mother not feel the pain in the uh, surgery or whatever. But now there's anesthesia, and there's so much technology, and there's so much advancement. Now we have social media. Then the only way uh, people could spoke with people in another nation was either they spoke through letters, or the witches used mirrors. You know, the witches had mirrors, and we had uh, we had uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it, what's it called? Video call before video call started because the witches had mirrors. They just walk, go to the mirror, knock three times, and says appear, and then the person appears and they talk with the person. But we live in a very advanced time, or in very advanced times. But as much as we are advanced in technology, we have never been more backwards internally. We live in fast times. We have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, WeChat. We have all these dumb chats and all that. But we have never been more um, bad in how we communicate, even. 
As much as we have a, a plethora of communication apps and devices, we are not, we are, we are in the most, we are in the generation that is poorest in communication. We don't know how to communicate what we feel. We don't know how to communicate, communicate what we are going through with other people. Because we are in that generation, even though we have phones in our hands, we are now more far or further away from people that we love the most. Because we have phones, and even dining, on dining tables where we are supposed to connect together at night and eat and laugh and play, everybody pulls their phone out and everybody's busy on their phones. And we are, we are in the most, although internet-wise connected, but physically disconnected generation ever. Now, what am I saying? It's one thing to just come here and take notes in this series, right? Because we all grew up knowing this motto that um, knowledge is power. You know that quote? You probably heard it. It was a, it's from your primary school's motto. Knowledge is power under the, uh, like the name of the school. But do you know that? It's one thing to know the Panadol cures headaches. It's another thing to take, to take paracetamols or Panadols when you have headaches. Are you following? So you know that knowledge just known does not produce power. Knowledge applied gives power. And so it's one thing to just come and take notes and all that, but it's another thing to actually apply the notes that you have taken. Last week we spoke about believing and behaving, right? That what we, be, what we believe in should respond in how we behave. Right? So it's one thing to just know, it's another thing to actually act what we have known out. So don't just take any of the principles that you'll be hearing in this series and just take them and put them in a notepad and let them sleep there. Let them be things you apply in your life. Well, these are principles, and I believe God's word is in these principles. I mean, the God word, the word that has authority to steal storms, right? To comfort those who have been troubled and to, and to trouble those who have been too comfortable. God's word is in these words. And I just, I, just, I just want to pay key attention, take notes, whatever. But beyond that, apply what you have heard. Amen. Now, I'm going to the text of our sermon in Luke 22. Exhausted. Uh, it says that when Jesus, because we know the story, for those who don't know, I'll give you context real quick. This is just a few hours before Jesus was to be crucified on the cross of Calvary. And, um, and so he, he goes to the Mount of Olives with his disciples and tells them, stay here and pray that you will not fall into temptation. He goes away to pray, comes back a couple hours later and finds his disciples asleep and exhausted from sorrow. Now, I once preached a whole sermon around this um, last year. I think I titled it, Are You Still Sleeping? Something like that. Um, but not, not until God started showing me things I've actually either not seen or probably misinterpreted in this context. Because you know it's easy to judge something where you have not gone through it. It's easy to make conclusions about people when you have no idea what goes on in their lives. And it's very easy to point fingers at people who you have not lived in their shoes before. And this is one of the reasons why I, I try my best to not just preach 
but to also teach so you can put yourself in the shoes of the people in this story or passage only then can you understand and catch the revelation in the story because it says the disciples have been were asleep when Jesus found them because they were exhausted from sorrow and honestly I wouldn't understand this words if I had not been in a place of exhaustion myself. Last week, for those who were around, I barely made it through my sermon. I was as exhausted as anything ever. Because not, I wasn't just exhausted. Now, because now this exhaustion I'm talking about is not an exhaustion because you've been carrying weights. No, 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 no. Or even walking up and down. No, no, that's not it. I'm talking about an exhaustion that you feel inside. Have you ever felt exhausted inside? Just tired. You're tired inside. The disciples, a few hours before now, if this, I mean, before Luke uh, 22, 39, heard Jesus say that um, he would have to die. And if you're here last week, we spoke about worry. Disciples were immediately thrown into utter worry. And you know, worry gives birth to frustration. And so they were so frustrated because they couldn't control the circumstances. And the disciples being so frustrated because you know, frustration places so much weight on our faith. And before you know it, the disciples, and that, now that's not even the, the, the crescendo of, or the apex of, the, of what they were going through. Not only was Jesus living, Jesus also said at some point, that they will all leave him alone. Now, the person who they saw as a savior, who was supposed to take back the government from the Romans and bring the government back to Israel and reign as king over Israel, is dying. And it's not dying a peaceful, beautiful, beautiful death, death in, that, in that time. He was dying a gruesome death. He was to be handed over to the Romans. Guess who? By who? A disciple. A fellow disciple. And so the disciples are in utter frustration led to utter sorrow. They have never been more sorrowful. And the only way they could process their sorrow or the exhaustion that their sorrow had caused was for them to sleep. Now I personally, whenever Whenever I'm going through some of the hardest times, or when I went through some of the hardest times of my life, one thing I found to be a very quick, um, should I call you resolute now, was to go to sleep. Now, people always taunted me that I loved sleep so much. But people didn't know why I slept so much. <laughs> I wasn't just sleeping because I felt like sleeping. Of course, there were times I felt like sleeping. But I was sleeping because I was so tired from being awake. You know what that feels like? You're tired from being awake. Like, I'm awake, what has that changed? I have so much things I'm worried about, and the only thing I'm looking for is a means of escape. And for me, sometimes it's just going to sleep, shutting down. I saw, I saw a meme, was it this morning or yesterday? Uh, it was, someone said, how can, you, how can you live your entire life and you have never fainted? And the person was like, 
You are just, you know what, just hit restart on your, on your, your, your body's computer, just restart. That's faint and come back to life, right? And someone then said this, because it was dark, this was, and this was the darkest part of the humor. The person said, what if we mistakenly shut down? You see how deep that is? That is sinking. While trying to restart, what if we mistakenly hit shut down? That is die. Because some of us, we are carrying a weight so heavy that our shoulders can actually bear, and it is crushing, to say the least. And we just fell somewhere, we fell asleep. Hey, listen, everybody. Now, there's a reason God brought me to this point. Because originally, I wouldn't lie to you. I was telling you this in my mom this morning. This was not what I wanted to preach this morning. It's at 12 a.m. this morning. I had a whole sermon prepared from last week, even. Until this morning. I felt God leading me somewhere else. I felt God tell, or telling me or telling me that, there, that this sermon is for a bunch of people who have been exhausted. Now, I, I want us to be very honest. It's okay if, if you're not, but just tell me if you're very honest. Have you felt tired lately? If you have, let me just see your hand. Just be very honest. You have felt tired lately. Tired on your inside. It's, it's, it's not... Because the, the, the real thing that caused the disciples to be tired was the stuff Jesus shared with them. Jesus was going, they wouldn't see Jesus anymore. And now they are sorrowful because it's like it's like a loved one telling you that, hey, I'm going to die. Uh, take care of my children. <laughs> like the video I saw this morning, uh, if couple li- a couple living in the house and told their housemate, uh, take care of my baby, find something to eat. And the housemate went to the kitchen, found the chicken, cooked the chicken. And then discovered that that was their baby. <laughs> it just it was very dumb. But that's not the point. But the thing is, some of us are also having to walk through a lot of worry. Too much on our shoulders. And we just feel tired. We are short of breath. And I don't know if you've been doing that lately. You know, sigh, that deep sigh that is very loud. Where you just stop, probably in the bathroom, and you just go. <sighs> I remember one time, a couple of years ago, my mom, my mom saw me do it because it was so, I wasn't conscious of it. And my mom saw me, saw me just go. <sighs> and then later, my mom said, Why did you? Sigh so hard. That, that, that sigh was, that's not the ordinary, normal. Yeah, that's the very deep one. And even I could not explain it. Because if it came at a point in my life where I was having to navigate through so many storms at the same time. You're having to navigate through so much mentally, environmentally, your family. You're having to do so much. And the weight of everything that you are having to go through or do is climbing down on your shoulders so heavily. And now you feel exhausted. And now the beautiful part of this sermon is the disciples were not the only ones who felt exhaustion. Because if you go back, right, 
It says, verse 40, uh, what's that now? 41. It says, Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. And he knelt down. The transition says, he felt down. Sorry, he fell rather. He fell. That was very stupid. He fell on a stone. Because Jesus was also exhausted. Although the difference between the exhaustion, Jesus and the disciples was... For Jesus' disciples, they were, uh, they were exhausted because of everything Jesus told them. Everything they heard, past tense, heard. But for Jesus, he was exhausted for everything he was about to go through. He was about to be hung on the cross. He was about to be flogged. Whipped with Roman, with this Roman uh, belt that had like sharp, like blade, thin, thorny things in them. And that when they, fl- when they flog, they drag. They flog and drag. And so when they flog they, and they drag, they pull a portion of his flesh away. And so Jesus was in the agony of what he was bound to go through. And he naturally felt exhausted. Like I remember being in that position where today is Sunday and you just look at how fixed your week is and you just let out a very deep sigh. <sighs> like you're tired already. I don't know if you've gone through that something like that before. Like you're not even in the in the craziness of your week yet, but you are tired already. Like I can just tell this week, this week will be very crazy from Sunday. You know, back then in secondary school, <laughs> every Friday we're very happy because it was the shortest day of the week for school. And you once they ring the bell, you go home, everybody's happy. Sunday, I mean Monday we go to school, it'll be Friday, no school on Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday. Saturday, you're very happy. Sunday, you're happy up until 10 p.m. Sunday night. They remember, oh my God, tomorrow is school. And you hate school so much because the first crow of the cock you hear on Monday morning, you know this will not end well. And then our mom will wake us up. Wake up, wake up, it's morning, uh, you got to go to school. And then you know. And now you're even more exhausted because you know that you get to school late. And then you'll be met by that stupid teacher whose job in life is just to hold a cane. <laughs> and who has this strong, strict face. He's never smiling. And you have, from a distance, everybody's scared of him. And you're not even there yet. And so we put ourselves in certain low moments that we have not even experienced yet. And that naturally gives way to exhaustion. And now so and so now you feel exhausted for the storms you are about to face. Jesus felt exhausted. And so also did his, did his disciples. They also felt exhausted from all the sorrow. Pass me this chair. Thank you. Um this morning. When I sat on our dining table, I was taking my cup of coffee. This is mom, this is when I felt God switched to my sermon. Although I felt like I've been hearing whispers in the back of my mind, but I haven't really been paying attention to it. And then I and then my sister came to join me on the dining table. And we were joking about certain about something. And then she opened her phone and went through something. I don't know what it was, even till now, I don't know. And my sister let out a deep sigh. 
and she just stormed out of the dining room in utmost frustration. And in that moment, I felt God say, she's frustrated and, uh, and, just because, and because she's frustrated now, she feels tired on her inside. And some of us, this is the kind of, this is the position life has put us in also. Like I said last week, you've never been in this position your entire life before. You have never seen today before. Do you believe that? Like you have never been in this position before. You've been here before, okay, you were here last week, good. But you've never seen today the 5th of June 2022 before. You've never. You've never been in this school before. You've never been in this level before. You've never been through some of the storms you're going through now before. You've never experienced life so hard like now before. You've never been a mother or a father or a son in this kind of time or a daughter in this kind of time before. And so this is like your first time going through this valley. And you never expected the valley of the shadow of death to smell this bad. You never expected to encounter this many battles on your way. You never expected. Because you know that the stuff we don't expect usually are the things that, that rock us the most. Have you noticed? Stuff we, don't, we never prepared for are the ones that shake us the most. Stuff you never saw coming. You know, it's one thing to know that, oh, this will happen tomorrow, I'll prepare my mind for it. When it happens, don't worry, I'll be ready. But, then, but the, the things that really shake our faith are the things we never expected. If the disciples knew in Luke 5, when they first met Jesus, that in Luke 22, Jesus would have to, would be arrested in Luke 22 or Luke 23, the disciples probably would have ready and prepared their hearts, you know? And Jesus will soon die. He will be taken away from us. So let's, you know, let's just suffer every moment we have with him, you know? Prepare our minds. But the disciples didn't know that Jesus would be crucified. And so when they heard it, it came as a shock to them. Just kind of like when you saw what you saw on your phone this morning. You never expected it. If you knew last night that this would happen this morning, you would just be like, oh yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, it's cool. Right? But whatever you're processing in your mind this morning, if, you had, if it had occurred to you last time that what you were processing in your mind this morning on the dining table would happen, you probably wouldn't be that concerned. Mom, if you knew 2005, that 2017 would happen, when 2017 happened, you wouldn't be shocked. If we knew up front some of the stuff we would face, when the stuff happened, we wouldn't be shaking. We probably wouldn't, you know, be afraid or be shaken by the entire thing. But now we are asleep because we're exhausted by how much battles we've had to face. We are facing battles in life, and um, we never saw them coming. And so it is placing so much weight on our faith. And because of the weight that it's putting on our faith, we feel exhausted inside, you know? Because even sometimes, not even, not even battles that we're facing, some stuff we just have to do. 
I mean, what you do regularly over time starts to take something from you. I mean, doing this every Sunday, coming here, preaching every Sunday, you know, it's fun. It's, this, is, this is what I was born for. But at some point, it starts to take a piece of you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus had healed only God knows how many people, thousands of people. But at some point, he healed one woman and he had to stop and turn around because he knew something had gone out of him. Because sometimes you start to do it over time and it gets to a point, it starts to take from you. You know, I mean, you used to read for school. Normally, that's the normal thing you got to read for school. But at some point, even the reading starts to take from you. You start to feel exhausted. I've been reading so much. It's things that you normally would do on a normal day. Now you do them, but now you have to breathe. You're breathing harder just to do some of the normal things you would have done faster and without any hiccup on a normal day. Because you're having to, if time, you know, time tells on people, on us as human beings, we are being enclosed in this capsule called time. And no matter how much we try to run from it, time will always happen to everybody. Right? Time will always happen to every seed. Time will always happen to every person, every human being on earth. And because of, we've come so far, sometimes we start to grow gray hair. That's not even physically this time around because I know nobody has gray hair here, hopefully. <laughs> but we start to go, grow gray inside. When our faith starts to go from green to gray. Green, okay, okay, faith. I can move mountains, faith, to gray. I don't even know what I can move. If I can move my feet, I am okay. Does this make sense? I mean, last week, Sunday, I was telling my, my mom and my sister, I could barely move my body. It felt like my body had added more weight. All I could do in that moment was trust that I wouldn't faint. Because I'd been going through so much, and not just that, I was worried so much. Because normally, I was telling my mom this morning, whenever I try to preach a series, I'm usually afraid of the first sermon in my series, that the first sermon in my series doesn't always hit home for me. It's just something, it just, it always feels like I'm still trying to gather my thoughts. But that first sermon in every of my series is, is the sermon I think the most about. I pray the most about. And I'm sure the most of. But then I come to preach it, and it feels like, like I was, I was still gathering my thoughts. Like I just thought about my sermon title last night. And so that overworked me. And I was thinking so hard, praying so hard, working so hard. And then at some point, worry starts to tell. And I felt all my energy drained. And so the disciples were in this point of exhaustion from their sorrow. And so also was Jesus. But now, I want to show you something that I didn't understand at first. When Jesus came to them, verse 46, Jesus asked them this, Why are you sleeping? Jesus never asked, Why are you exhausted? Are you following now? Jesus never asked, Why are you exhausted? Let me add a quick story. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just wrote from my heart right now. There's another peculiar story in the Bible, right? Um, it was Elijah in uh, First Kings, I believe. I don't remember the exact part of First Kings, 
I think it was maybe 17 or something like that, or 19. The Bible says Elijah was running from Jezebel. Elijah had just commanded fire to rain down from heaven on a, on a sacrifice to prove to the Israelites that God still exists. He had just slain about 150 or 200 of Aviti Deborah, uh, prophets of Baal. He had just done so great miracle. I mean, if I, I mean, if I was able to command fire to come down from heaven right now, I'll be the greatest, most sought-after prophet in this world. In the moment of Elijah's greatest faith came his greatest frustration also. Because Jezebel, said, like I said one time, sent him a DM, told him, that I'm about, I'm going to kill you. So long as um, my gods, Baal, exist, I will kill you. And because of that, fear created a frustration or a, 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 a force field of frustration around Elijah's, Elijah's faith so much that Elijah began to run. He ran away. He started running and running and running. And then he came to a place he sat down just like the disciples even just like Jesus sat down under a tree I know what he said I am tired God <laughs> I am tired of doing all of this I'm tired of having to do the same thing over and over again I'm the only prophet left in the land this woman has killed every other prophet now I'm the only one, and now she wants to kill me too. I am tired. Jesus, God, I've been fighting this, I've been fighting battles since the day I was born. Battles know they finish. <laughs> I'm sorry if this, this is like very radical Sunday, because I'll, I'll tell you, in, in reason, this reason this Sunday is very special in a minute. But Elijah was also in his position saying, does this ever end? Does the struggle ever end? Does it? Elijah was also tired. Now, God took him, um, okay, he got to a mountain called Mount Horeb. And then, Bible says God's voice came to Elijah. And God said, God asked one question, just one question. God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God never asked, now listen everybody. God never asked, why are you here? God said, what are you doing here? Now pay attention, everybody. This is what God showed me. Now pay attention. Now coming back here, I'll, I'll go back to that in a minute. Now coming back here, Jesus asked, why are you sleeping? He didn't ask, why are you exhausted? Are you following everybody? Jesus didn't ask his disciples why they were exhausted. He asked why they were sleeping. And then he said, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. What temptation, Jesus? What is this temptation? Now, this is what God spoke to me this today. Now, now listen. Jesus said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He didn't say, pray that God will change circumstances. He didn't say, pray that God will avert the storms. But instead, he said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. What temptation? To fall or to, to steal money or whatever. No, 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 that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Or to commit lust or adultery. That's not it. Instead, God's, Jesus is saying, 
Pray that you will not fall into temptation. What temptation, Pastor Emmanuel? The temptation to lose faith in the storm. Write that down. That's very good. Jesus was telling his disciples to pray so that they will not fall into temptation. What temptation? The temptation to lose faith in God at the sight of the storm. That's what happens with most of us, right? The moment the storms come, we lose faith and we assume God cannot help us. Because listen, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the position you're in presently that really matters. It's the decisions you make in those positions that matters most. Are you following? The position you're in right now does not matter. You might have messed up, you might have sinned, you might not be, you might not be perfect, you might be perfect, I don't care. The position you're in right now does not matter as much as the decisions you make in this position. Going back to my Elijah story, God didn't ask why, you're, why are you here, Elijah? That would have sounded as if God, was, God rejected Elijah. But he didn't. He asked and said, what are you doing? Action word, doing here. Because it is not what brought you here that matters. It's what you do here that matters. Are you following everybody? I'll say that again. It's not what brought you here that matters. It's what you do with here. That's what matters. God didn't ask Elijah, why are you here? Question of reason. Right? Why are you here? What's the reason? What brought you here? Then Elijah started talking about stories and all that. But God didn't... And by the way, God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah gave reason and God didn't answer anything he said. Because it's, it's not about why you are here. It's what you are doing here that matters most. What are you doing here? It's not why you're exhausted. It's what you do in the exhaustion that matters the most. Are you following everybody? It's what I do that matters the most. Everybody say, it's what I do that matters the most. Not why I'm here. It's what I do that matters the most. Not why I'm here. You can post that whatever. It's what I do that matters the most, not why I am here. Because you're exhausted, that's why they were sleeping. And Jesus was like, Jesus was not against them feeling exhausted because he also was exhausted. But even he told his disciples, pray that you will not fall into temptation. What temptation? What temptation? Because if you go back, Jesus was also tempted one last time. One of the three major temptations in Luke 5, I believe, uh, where Jesus was tempted, no, Luke 4, sorry, where Jesus was tempted of the devil, right, to turn stones into bread, was taken up to the top of the pinnacle, uh, in, that's uh, in, in Jerusalem, to, and was told to jump down, and the devil tempted Jesus to bow before him, bow down, and he would give him everything, else to worship him, and he would give him everything, three major temptations. But this is the fourth temptation even Jesus was, was faced with. You know what the temptation was? To give up in the middle. Are you following? The fourth temptation Jesus encountered in Luke 22 was to give up in the middle. Because even Jesus at some point had to say, Father, if you will, let this cup pass. If you know how many times I've prayed prayers like that, 
Father, if you will, if you will, God, just change things. Just help me, God. If you will, let's, let's have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. Let Sunday not come again. Because Sunday puts so much pressure on me. Because like every, sometimes I pray to God, can I not just be like every other person? Like everybody comes here looking all fancy and just like, yeah, I'm coming to, the, to church. Yeah, I'm going to church. And hopefully the pastor will say something cute. If he doesn't, I don't care. So long as I go to church and I check, check that box on my weekly activities. I went to church this Sunday. So I'll definitely go to heaven because I went to church. And you check. And that's why you come to church. Now, imagine I come here, I come here today. I'm like, um, amen, glory to Jesus. Um, I'm sorry for everybody who wasted money on transport. I don't have a sermon to preach this Sunday. Uh, let's pray. Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all go back home. How would you feel? That would be very stupid. You probably would not even come to this place again. Like, you wouldn't even recommend me to any of your friends. Like, this is a... That's, who, that part that guy is real stupid. He doesn't, doesn't have the call of God. God did not call that guy. He called himself. <laughs> because now... And so, I come here every Sunday knowing fully well that I must say something... Because you must hear something. And that naturally places to kind of wait on me also. And sometimes I could just I would just wish to say, God, let this cup pass me by. Let me not drink from this cup. Right? Jesus, Jesus felt that much pressure also. God, don't let me drink from this cup. Let this cup pass me by. Because it was so bitter. This cup was so bitter. And if Jesus could request or request request that God takes this cup away, then I think it's okay to sometimes wish you could quit. I'm not saying you should, because that's the real temptation. The real temptation is not whether or not you don't feel like quitting, whether or not you feel like quitting or not. Because you, you will feel like quitting at some point. Because I remember saying it, I remember calling a friend of mine one time and I told her that, I said, listen man, I am really tired. I don't know, I think it was around October last year. I was like, I am really tired. And do you know what she said? She said, the reason you feel tired and you feel so much weight on your shoulders is because you've been carrying it for so long. You know, you never know how heavy a certain thing is until you've been carrying it for so long. Like you ever back someone and then you first back and you're like, man, you're not even, you know, you don't have weight, man. And then like five minutes later, you feel like your arms are already like, what's going on? My arms are like, arms are sinking. <laughs> I'm weak, I'm weak. It's the only reason you are feeling weak is because you've been carrying it for so long. The only reason you feel so much pressure or you feel the weight of the pressure is because you've been in the pot for so long. You know that? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, oh, I, I hate, I hate preaching proverbial statements like this because my summary starts to feel like an African proverb other than the word of God. But you know that only it, just hot water does not boil an egg. Just, just because it's hot and I put the egg inside, it will not boil immediately. It has to literally, the egg has to, has to literally boil alongside the water. And so the only thing that makes the egg whole, the one you can eat, right, is if it has been in the water long enough and so the egg was the egg shell was probably like in the pot and it was like yeah yeah this is cool water and then the water starts to get a little bit hot it's like nothing like and like five minutes later sheesh yeah i feel something but not nothing then 10 minutes later it's like oh my god <laughs> every part of the egg starts to boil together the same way the same way you and i 
the same way you and I. We've been carrying this thing for so long, and that's why we feel the pressure on our shoulders come so hard. And so if, if God just interrupted my sermon schedule for my sister alone, I believe that it's worth it. Because when I felt so downcast and downtrodden in my faith, and I was really tempted to give up, or just voices like ours that put me on the road, right? Of course, God empowering our voice, because sometimes our voice can be like so much, it's just like a bee just... And you're hearing someone talking so much beside you. And you're like, what are you saying? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Sometimes my sister's voice is like that. Sometimes it's just like a void from God. Right? And, and the reason I'm saying this is because I believe that everyone right now, maybe not everyone, it's okay if you're not tired. It's okay if the sermon is not for you. I'm sorry. Come back next week. The sermon I intended preaching this week, hopefully I'll get to preach it next week. Or I have to push it further until God says it's time. But... You might just so like if that's for if you feel like you're not tired, you're cool, you're perfect. But for those who have been feeling tired, this is this is the thing. Because even when Jesus asked that God would cause the cup to pass over him, God didn't answer Jesus by saying, "You know what? All right, Jesus, I feel your pain. I know you're exhausted. Come, come to heaven. Let's leave these people to die. Come back home. Come back home." No, no, no. Instead, he says that God sent an angel to strengthen Jesus. Because the truth is, in our moments of deep exhaustion, when we feel tired on our inside, what we need is an angel to strengthen us. Right? And I'm not just saying we should wait for some white being to just appear in our room. Right? Because I believe that this angel is not really an angel. Because remember, Jesus is God, right? So I don't believe this is really an angel in that sense. I believe this is the Holy Spirit in the form of an angel who came, stood beside Jesus, and strengthened him. Because why, why did he strengthen him? And why is God going to give you his Holy Spirit to strengthen you when you feel weak most? Because you must not give up in the middle. Tell, you just have to tell yourself, you can't give up now. I can't give up now. I can't give up now. I'm so close. I can't give up now. I'm so close. I can't give up now. I'm so close. I can't give up now. I can't afford to give up now. I can't afford to give up now. I can't afford to trade everything God is doing in my life for a moment of, 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 of sheer pleasure or just this, a momentary, a fleeting moment of pleasure or comfort. I cannot afford to trade everything God is building in my life right now for small enjoyment. I will not afford that. I cannot afford to give up in this middle. You have to tell yourself this over and over and over again. The psalmist has to encourage himself. He says, my soul, why are you downcast? Why are you downtrodden within me? He says what? Hope in the Lord again. Put your hope in the Lord again. Bible also says in the book of Isaiah, it says that they that wait on the Lord, it says they shall renew their strength. What does it mean? They would get tired at some point. But in their weight, I renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. It all starts with hoping in God, waiting on God. 
although you might God might not avert the storm or you have to go through it, but he will provide enough strength and enough grace for you to see the other side. Say under say right now with confidence, say there's enough strength and there's enough grace for me to see the other side. There's enough strength, there's enough grace for me to see the other side. So if you've been feeling exhausted on your inside, this is God's word for you today. God is saying there's enough strength and there's enough grace for you to see the other side. What is God saying? Do not give up. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. You're going to be praying this prayer every day. Not that you will not feel tired, but that you will not fall back into certain cycles and habits just because you are tired. Not that you won't feel exhausted, but that you won't go back to some people who God has not approved just because you feel exhausted. Not that you will not feel tired, but that you will not continue certain cycles and habits that, is, that God disapproves just because you feel tired. Because, you know, I think I, I, think I was sharing it with someone one time. It was, book of, it was in the book of Proverbs, the Passion, Passion Translation says, I don't remember where exactly, but it says that when a man is full, right, he turns food away, like I'm okay because I'm full. But when he's so hungry, even the, the most tasteless and most bitter thing becomes sweet to him. And so Christ is saying, pray that when you get tempted to quit or to return back to certain cycles or to lose your faith in God or to curse God like Job was asked to do, that's the temptation, curse God and die. Not die, it was the curse God part. That was the temptation, right? And so when you feel tempted, you will not fall. Know that you won't be tempted, but that you won't fall. And that you will not go back to certain cycles, that you will not lose your faith in God and follow friends and follow in, in search of momentary pleasure and just notoriety. You want to be famous and you're choosing fame over purpose, what God has designed and destined for you to be. Pray that you won't fall into that trap, that temptation. That's the real thing. That's the real prayer, that I won't fall into that temptation. And when I do feel weak, because you will feel weak at some point, especially when you've been carrying that weight for so long. Because this is the cross you have to carry. Because I wish someone, someone's probably expecting me to say, well, turn this, turn this cross over to Jesus. Well, Jesus once said it. That whoever will be my disciple should carry what? His cross and follow me. There's a load and a burden that Jesus wants us to put on his shoulders, but there's one we have to carry on our own. Jesus will not come down and write exams for you. Jesus will not come down and do your job. And so these are things you have to do. And although it's tiring, this is a cross you have to carry. Jesus won't come down at any point and preach. I mean, wouldn't it be super dope if we had Jesus as our special guest speaker one Sunday? Like, every, like everybody just come and hear Jesus speak. Talk about a parable. Like, I don't even care if Jesus just speaks Latin from the beginning to the end. So long as this is Jesus, man, I'm going all for it. But we won't always find Jesus. So it's my job 
to ensure that even if I don't get to come here and share a word with you, that I ready someone by his instruction anyway to come here and ready a word for you. But the point there is that when I when I and just your like the same way you with you we keep on going over and over and over again, our legs and our knees start to feel weak. When your knees have been in prayer for so long, it starts to feel weak. Because sometimes you kneel for so long and standing up becomes almost impossible. And sometimes you work so hard and sometimes you fall so hard also because you're so exhausted from all the working and the only thing you can do now is fall. Well, this is my advice. This is why I close my sermon today. There's one place you can fall. And it's not into sin. Because that's what Jesus is saying you shouldn't fall into. Sin. But instead you can fall into the arms of the Father. Whenever you feel weak. Whenever I feel weak. Don't act like you are not. That is the beginning of um, repugnance. Not even repugnance. It's more like it's, it's the beginning of um, a push away. Now, God doesn't push you away. You push God away. When you act like you are not tired, but you know inside you are tired. And by the way, this is not just because, like I said, it's not, you're not tired just because of physical activities. You're sometimes also tired because of the internal ones nobody knows about. Right? And so when you do feel tired, because you will, you will feel tired, remember, there's always a person you can go to. Let's be on our face, everybody. Um, in verse 43, it says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And it reminds me of today, the 5th of June, 2022. I'm funny, we're in Luke 22. This is 2022. And um, I believe we are in a verse 43 season in our lives, all of us, where God sends an angel to strengthen us in the person of the Holy Spirit. According to Jewish calendar, today is actually the day of Pentecost. When God released His Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, to strengthen His disciples in the mission He has called them for. Called them to rather. And so right now, all heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place. If you have been feeling tired on your inside, well, I believe this is God's word for you. Says, I will send a comforter, the Holy Spirit. He shall teach you all things, including where to go when you feel tired, including what to do when you feel exhausted. And he shall bring to your remembrance everything that I have taught you. Remember now, because when we when we complain, it's because we are forgotten. And we, are, we only complain because we are frustrated. And so the Holy Spirit shall bring to our remembrance every promise God has made towards us, that He shall never leave us, nor He forsake us, that He shall be our strength. And that the weaker we get, the stronger we actually become. Because in our weakness, there lies God's strength. The Holy Spirit brings all of these verses back to your remembrance. And so whenever you do feel weak and tired on your inside, you can just know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ is our strength. 
is our firm foundation. It's on this rock, that's Christ Jesus, that we stand. And right now, God, we put our faith in you. Just whisper under your breath, God, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. When I do feel tired and exhausted, I'm having to run over and over again. When I do feel tired and exhausted, but having to bear this weight on my shoulders over and over again, God, I choose to trust you. I'm not falling into the temptation to give up on you, because I know you won't give up on me. For though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is not the end. This valley is not the end. This storm is not the end of me. There's an other side. And on the other side, God, you have prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. We've got, you've, got an, you've got a bottle of, oil, bottle of oil in your hand to anoint my head. To, uh, to, that, thereby causing my, my cup to run over and over. Flowing even onto my generation, into my family, into my friends, into every circle that I find myself in. You will cause me to overflow. But before then, God, for every storm, every in-between, every valley seasons that we are in right now, we're asking Holy Spirit that you would strengthen us, give us the courage, the confidence, and the comfort that we need to see the other side. And perhaps we're in a valley filled with dry bones. We know, God, that you shall speak, you shall put your breath in these dry bones, and they shall come alive. For every heart that is dry of strength shall come alive. For every heart that is dry of hope shall come alive. For every heart that is dry of confidence, it shall come alive. Because you are the God who makes dry bones become armies. That's who you are. And it's in you we put our trust, God. And I'd love to end this, my prayer, my sermon tonight, with the Lord's Prayer. It says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, our daily strength, our daily grace. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, although they do not deserve it, we remember that we also did not deserve the forgiveness you have provided for us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For you have promised that no temptation that is greater than that which we can carry shall come towards us. Meaning you shall provide enough strength and grace to face every storm, every battle, every temptation, and tell it, not today, devil. I will see the other side. Thank you, Father. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. And if you have faith in God, I want you to give God a big amen right now.